Hey everybody, welcome back to Checkerboard Chat. I'm Tyler Wombles. This is DeMichael Cole, and we're back bringing you more Tennessee athletics news, discussions, debates, and really whatever we want to talk about, I guess, DeMichael. Yeah, just anything with sports. Um, it's been a very eventful time this week, so we'll have a lot to talk about today, definitely. For sure, and just to kick things off, obviously, today, I was telling DeMichael earlier, this is the perfect day to do a podcast because earlier today, Tennessee Athletic Director John Curry actually announced he held a press conference and he announced that the Lady Vols uh, name, logo, brand is back permanently for the athletic female athletic teams of UT. Um, he said that they – it was a little confusing, to be yeah. honest, but he said uh, – I mean, I know he knows what he's talking about, but it confused me a little bit. But he said that they um, – that they're all going to be Tennessee teams, obviously – and the Power T is going to be the logo, but the athletic female athletic teams could choose to be the Lady Vols if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I I mean, Jamichael, just what what are your takeaways from that? Yeah, um, it definitely was kind of a confusing thing, but I think for the most part, um, this this press conference it was John Curry's statement. Um, what I mean by that is everyone's you know was waiting. When is he gonna? make that big first official move to show, you know, he's the new AD, I guess, to get, like, the fan base on his side. But um, it was definitely his, to me, his very big first move. And, yeah, it was very impactful, as you see. For sure. And yeah. to give you all some background, just obviously in 2014, mm -hmm. Dave Hart, who was athletic director at that time, he made the decision to take the Lady Vols name away from all female uh, sport teams at UT except for the Lady Vols basketball team. For the women's basketball team um and so there was obviously automatically a lot of uh people resisting that a lot of fans of the lady vols name of the of the likeness you know giving hard a hard time and just sort of you know obviously wanting the name back automatically and when john curry was hired as tennessee's new athletic director that was one thing that he said that a lot of fans brought to the table he got a lot of mail yeah. saying that that's what they wanted him to change that um, and so we got the email today, right? And it said, you know, like from UT an hour before. It was yeah, it was <laughs> it was a surprise press conference, but it just said, you know, that John Curry was going to talk about the Lady Vols brand name and logo, and I could pretty much figure out what it was going to be. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't definitely. know about you, but yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So um, so just to Michael, do you how do you think the reaction is going to be from fans mm -hmm. from Tennessee fans and hearing that the Lady Vols are back? I think that I think they love it. Um, from what I've seen so far, just basic fan reactions, I saw a couple polls it's, um, on Twitter. One poll had 75% of fans were happy with it. So there's that. I mean, if you, you're making 75% of the fan base happy with just one move. And I think, like I said earlier, it was his big statement move. It was his move to get because, you know, a lot of people initially weren't too fond of the John Curry um, hire as AD. And I think those people, he's kind of he he has those people on his side now, yeah. for sure. And I did think about that. You know, I think this could definitely. I'm not saying that's why he did it, but I right, think this right, could definitely right. give John Curry a leg up because obviously, like we said, like he said, there was a lot of um, right when he took office, took that job. There was a lot of people, you know, saying, "Oh, we want the Lady Vols back." I remember actually covering a softball game this summer, mm -hmm. and John Curry was there, and I remember he was walking up 
the stayers, and there's a group called the Lady Vol Locos. Yep, yep. Who are, yeah, like a yeah. like the it's like the pretty, Regal pretty Rowdies. Pretty wild fan fan group. They're they're very uh, impactful during the game. Yeah, they're a fan group for the softball team, and actually, they Curry, you know, came, he walked up to the top. They were standing at the top of the um, of the stadium, and Curry walked up to the top of the bleachers, and they you know shook his hand and talked to him. And I remember one of them said, uh, "We cheer, we call." It was something like we call all the. A women's team's yeah. Lady Vols, or, right, yeah. or we cheer I, I for all that. the Lady Vols, or it was obvious what they were trying to say. They were making you right. know remark to him that they thought every team should be the Lady Vols, and and I think he listened, and I think that's one thing that he said. Yeah, was that he listened to those concerns? Um, Chancellor Beverly Davenport, mm-hmm. she was also there, and she said the same thing. She said that you know she got once she took took on that role, once she was hired as the new chancellor, she just had a ton of fan feedback. Fans of the Lady Vols, name likeness, just you know, calling her, you know, um, well, trying to call. I guess they probably couldn't yeah. get in contact with her, <laughs> but you know, letters, email, all that sort of stuff, just um, just trying to get her to change that back. So, Demichael, do you just how do you feel about that change? Do you think it's going to mean a lot? Do you think it's going to? I don't think it'll mean too much, simply because honestly, I think the fan base never got used to the change in a way. I agree with that, yeah. I mean, if you like like you mentioned earlier, even though um the name was officially changed from on the softball team, the Lady Vols Locos were still the Lady Vol Locos. Mm-hmm. And I mean, going into barbershops and just having casual sports talks with people in the Knoxville area, you still hear them mention um they'll mention the soccer team, they'll call them the Lady Vols. They'll yeah. They'll mention the softball team. They'll call them the Lady Vols. So I think the general consensus, like, in the community was that there was never really a change. I mean, because it was so long. They were the Lady Vols for so long. People weren't just going to just, you know, just get that past that fast. But I think, I mean, I think they like it. But I don't don't think it'll have just a huge, make a super huge difference in a way. I see what you're saying. And, yeah, um, obviously female sports at UT have – sort of become female athletic teams at UT recently have been a pretty big uh, pretty big topic. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the softball team is arguably Tennessee's most successful athletic team right yeah. now. And they're going to be impressive yeah, this year coming up. The soccer team is undefeated. They're actually 8-0. We'll actually talk yeah. about that a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, they're 8-0. That was a team that was called Lady Vols. Um, I actually saw the Regal Rowdies who is the fan section, the official fan section mm-hmm. of the Tennessee soccer team, named after Regal Soccer Stadium, they actually tweeted that um, they tweeted now, it was something like, yeah, now we can cheer for the Lady Vols, or now we can mm-hmm. actually calm the Lady Vols. Yeah. And I think that's important, and that's something that John Curry talked about. He said, you know, we have a lot of athletes, student athletes who want to call themselves Lady Vols. We have a lot of um, fans who want to call them Lady Vols, that's something that he said, you know, they have a choice. Obviously, yeah. we are the University of Tennessee. We are the Tennessee Volunteers. But if, you know, the female athletes, they have earned the right to be able to call themselves Lady and I, Vols. Yeah. And, and I definitely get what he's saying with that, and I, and I agree with him. I think that that's something that gives that has given University of Tennessee Athletics a distinction in a lot of years past. Exactly. Because there's not many programs. I understand why that decision was made. Under Dave Hart, I'm not saying putting that on him as if he made the whole decision. I'm sure there were other people involved. But I see, because a lot of other athletic programs just go by the one name. Right. They don't really have a lady in front of their women's athletics teams. 
But I think that makes Tennessee unique. DeMichael, what do you think? Yeah, like I mean, basically picking up off what you said, it made it made the team unique. And, but I do like, even though it's kind of confusing, I do like the idea that he's giving them a choice. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you have, I mean, some, some girls probably have always referred to themselves as Lady sure, Vols, yeah. even though, you know, um, name-wise, they were just Vols. So you might, you'll have those, and then you'll have some. I mean, some, some of the players and uh, other women's players may not even, you know, care a big deal about it. But I know some of them, like, especially like the pair, players that played under um, Pat Summit, mm-hmm. and I saw some people say, you know, Pat Summit will be really proud today. Yeah. So there's that, yeah. Yeah, for sure, and I will mention that there was a ton of UT coaches there at the press conference. Mm-hmm. I know I know, I saw Brian Pinsky, who was the soccer coach. I saw Ralph and Karen Weekly, who were the two softball coaches, the co-head coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Beth Alfred Sullivan, who is the director of track and field and cross country. Um, so, yeah, there's um, there were a lot of coaches. Joan yeah. Cronin was there. Um, obviously, we said Beverly Davenport. A lot of other high-ranking UT officials. It was a big deal, and it was a big press conference. So, um, But switching gears a little bit now, yeah. um, let's talk about – there's a pretty important football game this Saturday. It's the Tennessee Volunteers are traveling to Gainesville, which – Yep, it's Florida week. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's one thing that we didn't know was going to happen. Um, yeah. We didn't know if they were going to actually play in Gainesville because of Hurricane Irma and all the all the hurricane threat that's been down there and all the, the aftermath of that hurricane. Um, we actually, they actually had spoken about doing, playing the game in Atlanta. I don't know if that actually was something that was really being talked about among people that are actually in charge or if that was just a rumor, but there was rumors going around that they might play in Atlanta. A few people said they might play in Neyland. I never really thought that was an option. I wouldn't think Florida would want to come to Neyland and play. Um, but DeMichael just, just... Kicking it into the gear here, just what do you see as being some of the major keys for Tennessee against the Florida Gators? Taking care of the football. Taking care of football will be the main thing against the Gators. I mean, I don't think offensively the Gators um, are really a good team. I mean, they had under they had almost single-digit rushing yards against Michigan. I believe it was 11 to be exact. So offensively, the Gators aren't really, you know, really gifted team based off, you know, what we saw in that one game. But, I mean, their defense, I mean, the, all the coaches have said it. Bush Jones has said it's a normal Florida defense. Larry Scott, we saw him earlier this week. He said it's a traditional Florida defense. They're, they're going to expect this defense to play like a normal Florida defense plays. And that's what you can expect to see from this team. But Dormady, um, he threw one interception last week against Georgia Tech. He had a couple balls, you know, he threw into heavy traffic. But um, Florida's coming to town. It's the first taste of an SEC defense. And if the Vols want to win this game, they have to take care of the football. I think that's the main thing. For sure. And I know yeah. there was a lot of talk during um, <clears throat> during media availability this week. A lot of people ask Quentin Dormady, you know, what are you going to do? You know, how does your team feel about, a, you know, playing these Florida defensive backs mm-hmm. who are obviously a lot faster and a lot more skilled, especially at playing man coverage. Right, yeah. Than, that's how they play. Um, Georgia Tech or Indiana State. And so Dormady, you know, he just said, you know, you got to throw the ball more accurately. He said his receivers, you know, you know, like any quarterback would say, right, that, yeah. they're, that they're ready for that. But um, it's, it's definitely not going to all be on Dormady. Let's, let's take a step back with that. Uh, okay. I mean, the receivers 
have to play their part too. Of course, like he he has to he has to be accurate against mm-hmm. Florida. I mean, that has to happen. But then again, the receivers. I mean, they're missing Jawan Jennings, which could be big in this kind of game. But Callaway stepped up, and other receivers have to step up now because, I mean, against a team like Florida, if they want to, you know, they can take away your number one option, mm-hmm. and then you have to go to your number two guy, your number three guy, for sure. And that's that'll be big. I mean, the wide receivers will play big too. They have to get separation on these corners that are going to play tight man coverage on them. And I think another interesting thing to talk about is the defense for oh, Tennessee. Yeah. And obviously, I think a lot of people would say, oh, the defense doesn't have to do very much. You know, Florida doesn't have mm-hmm. – their quarterback situation is a mess right now. Right. You know, they have Felipe Franks, who looks like he's going to be the starter. Um, I don't know – has he been announced as a starter? Or? He hasn't He hasn't been announced. I mean, but I think it's it's the decision that everybody expects. Yeah. It's what's likely going to happen because, I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to go back in in that mm-hmm. other game, and he didn't. So he'll he'll most likely be the starter. We'll we'll have to see mm-hmm. though. Yeah, and they also have Malik Zaire, mm-hmm. who is obviously a transfer from Notre Dame. Um, we talked about him a little bit in a past podcast. You know, he's he's a guy that really brings that scrambling, that dual threat to the table. Right. But obviously, he ended with negative twenty nine rushing yards <laughs> against Michigan, which a lot of that can be attributed to the offensive line. Yeah. So obviously, in college, when, you, when you get when you when you take sacks, it does give you negative yardage. It's that way in college. It's not that way in the NFL. But um, I think Tennessee's defense will be key because even if it may not be too tough for them to stop Florida's offense, I mean, let's be honest to Michael, if you can hold your opponent to zero points, yeah, you're going to win the ballgame. Exactly. Like, exactly. you're going to win that ballgame. I think obviously, yeah, Dormady's going to be important. I think the receiver's going to be important. Mm. But if the defense can, you know, force a turnover, force a three right. and out every possession – and do those type of things, I think that'll give Dormady ample time to, you know, get filled out. Even if he has a game like against Georgia Tech where he's a little bit shaky, he'll have time to, like he did against Georgia Tech, to sort of fill out and sort of warm up. Yeah, and to pick up to pick up off um what you said about the defense, I think what a lot of fans have to realize is this is the team's the defense's first game against a traditional style offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the players, I mean, if you hear the players talk this week, they felt like it sounded like they were relieved, you know, like, ooh, we finally get to play, you know, an offense that's not about to do all these jet sweeps and triple option and, you know, just things you don't traditionally see. For sure. So a lot of judgment on the defense can still be withheld until after after this game right here. So this this game will be telling for the defense. Yeah, and Indiana mm-hmm. State, you know, obviously they were an FCS opponent, so you can't take a whole lot out of right. that game. But they were a very different offense. Yeah, they uh, they had their formations weren't too odd. I mean, it was mostly you know an under center, maybe an ace formation, mm-hmm. a single back, but they they flipped the formation or at least shifted players. Before every play, yeah. I think it was every play or almost every play, they would, you know, be lined up in a formation, definitely, and then they would shift. You know, tight ends might run over here, receivers might go over here, and then it seemed like almost every play, like you said, they ran a jet sweep. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there was a lot of talk about Georgia Tech that first week and how different their offense was, but Indiana State was really different, right? And so I think that. I think that, yeah, for Tennessee to face a pro-style offense, that's going to be different. And, you know, like you said, you're facing an SEC offense. Like, sure, we don't expect much of the, the Florida offense, but these yeah. are SEC coaches. Yeah. You can't be too sleep on sure. this offense. That's, I mean, 
I don't expect, you know, UT to shut Florida, Florida, no. like, to help them to zero points. I don't expect that. But then again, Florida has, I mean, of course, we'll, we'll get to the suspended players. Mm-hmm. But they're missing, I mean, they're starting running back. But they have weapons. I mean, Butch Jones, he said it earlier this week. He said that even without those players, I mean, the quarterback still has – Florida talent around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those players come to Florida for a reason. I mean, yep. Florida recruits, you know, they're one of the top recruiting teams. It is. So, the talent is there. I mean, they have for players. Sure. So, you just – I mean, I don't think UT will be sleep on, on them, though, in that kind of way. And go ahead, and like you mentioned, just go ahead yeah. and uh, talk about the suspended players. Like, who exactly are they? Yeah. And who do you, what do you see out of those suspensions? Well, Florida has nine suspended players, yeah. I think. But the main two that jump off over everyone – Antonio Callaway, yes. who's, I mean, UT fans, I know he he's killed I'd him. Say he's let's the just, number let's one. just say yeah. he, he's killed him twice. Yes, and um, he's a dynamic player. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a dynamic returner. He's a dynamic receiver. He's a, he's a great player. He's he a is. he's a big loss for Florida. Yeah. I mean, especially UT, they haven't had big corner problems because you know you haven't faced a passing attack yet. Right. But there have been a couple problems within games where it's like, man, if they you know if they were playing a team that passed the ball a little more. There might have been a trouble, and Antonio, Antonio Callaway is the type of guy to expose that kind of thing. But for sure, they have another receiver in Tyree Cleveland, who yeah. he was a really good freshman last year, who caught like a 98-yard touchdown in one game. But the other suspended player that you know a lot of people are focusing on is Jordan Scarlett. Mm-hmm. Jordan Scarlett is the running back. He led them in rushing yards last season, over 800 rushing yards. And I mean, they have you know Florida rotates rotates their backs, so the other two running backs behind him received a lot of time, but Scarlett was the go-to guy definitely last year. So, of course, that's a big storyline, and right. those guys, I mean, McElwain said there was no update, meaning there's like a 95% chance they probably will yeah, not play. So. I would I would be surprised if they do play, yeah. for sure. Um, I think that that's something that's going to stretch. I think that mm-hmm. – I mean, let's be honest. Michael Wayne wants them to play against Tennessee. I yeah. mean, this is, I think, it's Tennessee is ranked. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee is ranked twenty third. Florida is ranked twenty fourth. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, Michael Wayne would have them playing if he could. If he could, yeah, I would say so. I think the fact that he has not announced them as starting, unless it's some crazy tactic, which I don't think it is. <laughs> I mean, that might be a good tactic, but yeah. I don't think in that this that's rivalry, what, you never know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's true. But um, so just. Final thought on it, what is your biggest key to look for in the game for Tennessee against Florida? Besides turnover, turnover margin, I think it'll be special teams play. Okay. Um, I wrote an article on that earlier this week, and Butch, even in the press of the next day, he talked about Florida. Florida has traditionally has a good mm-hmm. special teams unit. Yeah. Of course, we all know how much focus Butch Jones puts on the special teams mm-hmm. unit. I mean, um, Charlton Warren said, the defensive backs coach, special teams coach, he said it's the life bread of yep. this Vol program. So, Evan Berry, we know he's questionable right now, but Ty Chandler ran a kickback. Marquez Callaway had 43 punt return yards in the last game. He, he's shown the explosion. Mm-hmm. We've all seen the explosion, even with him at receiver. So, special teams, they'll have to win it. Um, of course, flipping the f- field will be big because mm-hmm. – if you can flip the field against a Florida offense that we haven't seen do a lot this year, make it harder on them to score, they won't put up a lot of points. Yeah. And I agree with you on that, just really wrapping it up. I agree with you on that. I think that another key to look for, obviously Aaron Medley and freshman Brent Samaglia yeah. Oh, yeah. were both listed as starters in Tennessee's 
first two games at the place kicker position. Tennessee has not attempted any field goals, and now Medley is listed as the full-time starter. Mm-hmm. But I think, obviously, in a game like Tennessee and Florida, where in the past it has been a really close game. It's going to come down to it, probably. Say Butch Jones needs to kick, you know, a 35-yard field goal. Who does he call out there? Does he yeah. call out Medley, who obviously missed that really long kick against Florida a couple of years ago? Yeah. I don't blame him for that, because that was a crazy... 55-yarder. I mean, yeah. for a college kicker, that's insane. That's an insanely <laughs> long kick. But, yeah, and I mean, that can be a storyline in itself. You know, can Will Medley redeem himself? Will Samaglia make his debut against Florida? I don't know. There's a lot of storylines in this game, yeah. and, and I'm excited to watch it. I'm sure you Definitely. are, too. And uh, it's going to be fun. So, thanks for joining us again, guys. Um, thanks for watching. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at UTK Beacon Sports. I'm Tyler Wombles. This is DeMichael Cole. Um, keep checking the website, and we'll see you next time.